This episode of TGC Q&A is sponsored by Thrivent, helping people achieve financial clarity, enabling lives that are full of meaning and gratitude. Learn more at Thrivent.com. Welcome back to TGC Q&A, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition, where each week you'll hear conversations between members of our council and friends who provide their unique perspective on your most pressing spiritual questions. On today's episode, Al Moeller and Brian Chappell discuss the question, what will define the next generation of pastors? Let's listen in. Uh, What do we have in terms of concerns about the next generation of pastoral leaders and what encourages us? I think this presumes that we're old people now, that we have concerns about the next generation. Well, we're both grandfathers now, so I guess, I guess we qualify. And my first thought is that it takes a certain amount of hubris uh, for, uh, for someone who's, uh, who's almost 60 to talk about my concerns about the, the younger generation. But I guess there are people who had concerns about us, and uh, that's rather inevitable too. I, I think uh, with my first concern, it would be something I've been thinking about over time, and that is that there has been a depreciation of uh, commitment to certain structures and traditions, uh, most importantly, you could say denominations. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's something that I think over time is going to reveal some real material weaknesses, perhaps some theological weaknesses as well. There's a reason why uh, those denominational forms are in place, first theologically, and uh, then uh, for ecclesiology and, and missiology. And, uh, you know, as uh, as, as much as mainline Protestantism has been in decline for decades. If you look over the history since the Reformation, those denominational structures have been really important. And I think in a world of even um, less cultural uh, support for Christianity, Mm -hmm. and in which uh, all of the social structures are more fragile, I think the loss of that kind of denominational structure and support and long-term investment is is going to be a, a big problem. For all, for all of their difficulties, the denominations and the institutions were mm-hmm. guardians not just of a tradition, but guardians of truth. Yes. And, and without mm-hmm. some way of being able to lock our arms together, why, you know, just become yourself on the battlefield, which is not a very strong position. And, and I would say something very similar, that it seems to me my greatest concern is that pastoral leaders are highly vulnerable in mm-hmm. terms of maintaining a gospel centrality in a pluralistic culture. Yeah. I mean, for all the reasons that we respect these young leaders, they're swimming upstream of the culture, and right. they do so with love for family and friends and community and, and deep joy of standing for the Lord. Nonetheless, that's a very vulnerable position to say, every day I'm trying to establish credibility for the faith, right. and you're always tempted to compromise in ways you may not even know the central truths of what you believe about the Lord and about Scripture. Scripture's always the first casualty, and uh, you and I know because of where we stood that, that you can say you're standing for Scripture and yet have certain presuppositions that erode it pretty quickly. And there are two different ways to abandon Scripture. The first is kind of the historic Protestant liberal way, which is just to deny it, to, uh, to, to criticize it, to subject it to scrutiny and then dismiss it. The other way is just to start talking about something else. And uh, so you've got a lot of people who wouldn't dare say anything uh, derogatory about the Bible. They just don't talk about the Bible. They they really don't. They don't cite biblical authority. And I now think that's the operational issue. Uh, Does the church 
the congregation, whatever it's called, does it sense every time the church is in worship the binding authority of Scripture? And uh, I think if it doesn't, right. then uh, it's going to be very, very difficult to bring the Bible in when all of a sudden you think, I need it now. Uh, well, which very much so. I think a generation might look at our generation mm -hmm. or our church fathers right. and say, that you were fighting so much for the acceptance of your tradition, and so you're bound right. to a, a traditional approach. And our concern would be that persons might be saying, you're fighting so much for the acceptance of your culture, or right. even your peers, right. that the push to, to relevance, to cultural acceptance, to be with it, to be hip, right. may, may mean that just to win that hearing, right. you, you may end up not talking about the things that would deny you a hearing in a culture right. that doesn't find you acceptable. And so that scriptural acceptance mm -hmm becomes compromised without even really knowing you're doing You're saying sometimes not talking about it, sometimes right. talking about it, but emphasizing other things. That's right. And you know, as you're thinking about cultural change, and uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly, the context is changing so fast. One of the things we have to understand is that cultural velocity is now a multiple of what it was in the past. So cultural change has always taken place, but it has been a fairly slow process. Modernity speeded that up, but we're now in something human beings have not experienced before. So if you actually want to be uh, on the cutting edge, uh, you've got to be in very fast motion all the time. It, there's a parable of this in Hollywood or, uh, or even in politics where uh, someone trying to be on the edge is gonna have to keep moving further and further because in the age of social media, digital media, uh, th the velocity of change is so fast. Th there's no way anyone can actually, I think, strategically be as relevant as any one of us wants to be. Hmm. And I, I recognize that for you and for me, what we believe we've given our lives to and what we hope another right. generation does give its lives to is yeah. Jesus died for your sin, and he rose the victor, and he's coming again in glory. And as traditional as that may sound, yeah. it is the priority. And, and if you love Christ, you will love what and whom he loves, which will keep you relevant if you're right. loving what and whom he loves. He loves right. the outcast. He loves the poor. He loves sure. the unlovely. If you love that, you will not only stand for Christ, you will be relevant with the priorities that he made most important. Thanks for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A. To submit a question that you would like to hear answered on this podcast, send us an email at ask at tgc.org. And remember to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A.